So it's in the 1990s in New York City. This city is a little different from the one we know today. Still a little high on crime, not quite as clean, but there's still a special energy. Walking through the city, you can encounter Bosquat, Patti Smith, or maybe even Debbie Harry, from Blondie, that is, if you're not familiar, in a local deli when you got yourself a cup of coffee. And the vessel that you get your coffee in would most likely be served in a kind of cultural artifact that I'm going to tell you about today. It's called the Anthora Cup. But before I get ahead of myself, I am Zen, and this is Aminas and Paris podcast. The podcast about all things travel, be it destinations, food, looks like coffee cups today, and having an amazing time or what to pack for your next trip. And not with us today is Kristen, who unfortunately is sick as a dog. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Poor Kristen, my God. Yeah, anyway. I, you know, I talked to her, or I've been texting her back and forth, and she is just unhappy. And then when this heat we're going through, so God, I hope she gets better soon. Oh, yeah, no kidding. But, <laughs> as you can hear, I have a Tanya. Yeah, I'm here today. Yay! So, <laughs> and it seems like it's coffee day, cafecito time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. <laughs> so for today, for you know, meet us in Paris, and we talk about things about the world. We're going to do something on cultural curiosities, where we focus on an item that is specific to a place, and actually, some of them are going to be time, and learn a little bit about the item and how it relates to that place. However, before we begin, a short break from our sponsor. When you look back upon your life and you see all the things you achieved, certainly none of them started with inaction. And when you're planning for your next career journey, find us, the University of California, Irvine. We've over 80 convenient online certificates to help you navigate the future, and we're the perfect Sherpa for your next big adventure. Find us at ce.uci.edu. Hokey dokey. Okie dokie. Okie dokie. So since I okay, since I started, is it okay if I go on with my cultural artifact before you, you got it? Yes, okay. yes. Sounds good. Go, go for it. I'm gonna I'm gonna drink coffee as I listen. Okay. Oh, sounds good. I love coffee. <laughs> I need to have a second one today. Um, so as I mentioned before, I'd like to tell you a little short story about the Anthora Cup. If you do not know what an Anthora Cup is, go ahead and Google it. It's spelled A-N-T-H-O-R-A. Um, go ahead and look at look for it. We'll wait. But for those of you who are driving around and you don't want to look at your phone, and we don't want you looking at your phone, you'll hit mm-hmm. something. Here's a quick quick visual description, oral description. An Anthora cup is a paper coffee cup that is 8 or 10 ounces. Um, if you're a Starbucks drinker, 8 ounces is, is the equivalent of a short that no one's ever seen because everyone always goes straight to the like the grande, I feel like. Or a 10 ounce, which is somewhere between a short and a tall. So they're fairly small coffee cups. It has three main colors, white and ocean blue. And both of these colors are taken from the Greek flag punctuated with an ochre bronze greek style lettering stating on one side we are happy to serve you the text is framed with two 
two tall Greek vases depicted. Actually, is it vase or vase? I'm going to say, well, it could be both. You know, one time I was actually in Venice and um, someone said, showed me a little tiny vessel and they said, this is a vase. And then you pulled out like a big one. And she goes, this is a vase. We're going to call it a vase. So um, the vase is depicted on both sides and completed with a top and bottom white Greek border. Okay, so mm. so why am I taking the time to tell you guys all about this? So what's so fascinating about these cups? Let me tell you a story. Um, I'm a big fan. Another story. <laughs> I know. I love your story. stories. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a huge movie fan. In fact, when I was in college, I my wife and I, we could rent movies for a dollar, and we could watch a movie every single night of the week. Um and so, like, for seven bucks, that was entertainment for the week. And my best friend was a video store manager and such. Like, that. And my do- my wife was a video store manager, actually, at one point. So we just watched movies all the time. And I always thought that was that when you watch movies, it's, it's, like, really, really biased. I thought in the future, if you, an anthropologist, were to come back and see all these VHSs or DVDs or Blu-rays, they're going to have a very warped impression of America. And here's my three things that I think they're going to be <laughs> most warped about. You you got to see this, Tanya, so that's why I know you're laughing. Yeah. First of all, in every single coffee shop, and every, which means everyone in the world, everyone in the world must use Macintosh laptops and PCs don't exist. Go look at it. Everyone's using a Macintosh in a coffee shop and the only people using PCs are villains. So, oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Go take a look. The villains I never use now. Yeah. Um, number two, everyone walking back from the local market. Now, this doesn't matter if you're in New York City or in France. They all are coming back with a, a loaf of bread that's too long to conceal <laughs> in their brown grocery bag. It's it's true. They all it's carry silly. this. Yes, you're right. This like loaf, a two foot loaf of bread. And the last one is everybody in New York City consumes coffee from a cup that says, we are happy to serve you the Anthora cup. So that's why i kind of came across this honestly i was watching men in black the other day and i was like and men in black um k is drink i think it was k was drinking a cup of coffee in an anthora cup and i was like you know i haven't seen one of those in a while um except in movies and you know the last time i was in new york city i didn't notice them i wonder what happened so here's the lesson for the day so there was a gentleman named leslie buck the inventor of the anthora cup he was born Laszlo Buch, I believe, to a Jew- Jewish family um, in Czechoslovakia, um, which is now part of the Ukraine. Um, Buck actually was a uh, Nazi Auschwitz survivor. Um, and after World War II, he moved to New York City um, and he settled in New York and adopted the name Leslie Buck as his American name. In 63, while working as the marketing director for Sherry Cup, which was a competitor of a company like Solo, um, and back then there was a lot of different coffee cup makers, he was asked to create a cup that would appeal to Greek-owned restaurants, which were all over New York City at the time, and their coffee shops, um, and their coffee shops. So the original Anthora Cup depicts of an image of the 
um, when I was talking about the vase, which was the mm-hmm. vase. I'll the call vase. it vase from here on out. The vase, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, the it has an ancient Greek amphora as opposed to anthora. Amphora <laughs> with a ph, um, a Greek vase. The amphora is thought to be the origin of the name of for the anthora cups because Leslie apparently had a very strong accent. And pronounce amphora anthora. Oh, so, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's so originally, I think he was trying to say, "Oh, this is the vase cup," but he mispronounced it, and it was, and it was the vase cup instead. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> vase. <laughs> yeah, vase. So impressively, even though Buck was not a trained artist, his coffee cup became one of the most iconic designs in New York City. Um, And a definitive coffee-to-go cup, sales of the cup reached 500 million in 1994, but fell to about 200 million cups annually by 2005. And this decline, yeah. Uh, Yeah, that's why you don't see them as much, right? Yeah. Yeah. So this decline was directly attributed to the popularity of Starbucks. Of course. Thanks a lot, Starbucks. You guys not only ruined coffee, you ruined a celebrated icon. Oh, they should partner and have a a combo. That would be a really cool. And if they do that, we need to get some, like, you know, a royalty for that story. Yeah. No, I mean, you know what? I think they should, like, do something a little bit more regionalized. Like a little bit of, yeah, like, like you say, icon. Yeah, or even if they made Starbucks cups with the blue colors just for mm-hmm. the city. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, and speaking of icons, while it may be more and more difficult to get an Thora cup in New York City today, um, I was told you should try some smaller Greek vending carts and such like that if you want to try to find a paper one. It is so loved that in 2003, MoMA also known as the Museum of Modern Art in New York City, has immortalized the Anthora in a ceramic cup, and you can get one with the original print on the outside of the ceramic cup, and you can use it with your coffee of choice as long as it's not Starbucks when you're at home. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. So the last... by the way, I'm not. I'm not really truly hating on Starbucks. Starbucks is just fine, especially if you guys like decide to uh, sponsor us. But anyways, last of all, <laughs> I love I'll, you if you want to sponsor us. <laughs> exactly. Um, last of all, those movies and TV shows I was talking about that I saw them in. Okay, there's a bunch of them. So first of all, Men in Black. If you watch Friends, hmm. hey, Friends is having a resurgence, right? You got to see Goodfellas the movie, Sopranos, Nurse Jackie. New York PD Blue, um, Friends. Wait a minute, I think I said that twice. Okay, uh, never yeah, mind. I like Friends. Yeah, I like <laughs> Friends. How I Met Your Mother. Oh yeah. Law and Order. However, um, well, and I guess if you're younger, you saw um, How I Met Your Mother. But for if you're a younger listener, you can also see these cups found in Marvel's Daredevil. Luke Cage, these are the television shows, and then Spider-Man No Way Home. So you'll see those coffee cups running around in those movies as well. Okay, so that's my story about the Anthora. Now I have to go, and I'm going to watch this. Um, It's interesting because there's kind of an overlap in what I'm going to talk about with yours, uh, with the Anthora cup, which now I know how to pronounce. Well, it looks like it's cafecito time today, like I said, and it so happens that what I'm going to talk about 
is also from New York and also about coffee, but we did not plan this. Okay. So, um, being from Colombia, you know that I, you know, it's a coffee region, and then I lived in Puerto Rico as a child, and then I um, went to like one year of high school in Culver City when all the Cubans were coming in. So there's a mix of kind of the Caribbean thing going, and I really love Café Bustelo. I learned it then during Culver City time in that era in high school. Wait, so that's from New York? It's from New York. Well, it was founded in New York. Oh, so, okay. So, so it's not for, it's, it's not uh, a foreign coffee or like Cuban or anything like that. Well, but that's where it began. Oh, okay. So I'll tell you the story. Okay. So if you've never heard or tasted Café Ustelo, it is in a plain red and yellow 10-ounce vacuum-packed brick um, called, you know, like Envasado al Vacío, vacuum-packed. It also comes in cans, red and yellow colors. And when you open the package, it's this beautiful smell. It's heavenly. And it's a reminder of, you know, Latin America. Um, you can go to, I, you know, I've been told since I have not been to New York that you can go into Bodega, um, any of the corner stores in any of the New York bur- boroughs, and you will find a vacuum-sealed brick in the windows. Um, same goes for Latinos, kind of supermarkets here. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me back up and give you some background. So here's the story of how it came to be, Zen. So okay. we're going back to 1828. It was a long time ago. That's when Café Bustelo Cambly, um, that's when the the gentleman who, who brought Café Bustelo to the United States um, was born. He was a Spanish-born uh, Gregorio Bustelo, but he didn't come to New York until later. He moved to Cuba as a young man and fell in love with a coffee. So that's where it's coming, coming from Cuba. And he met his future wife, Angelina. He fell in love with both of them. Then they moved to Puerto Rico because opportunities for the American dream and United States looking for more of entrepreneurial opportunity. He learned to fall in love with the roasted beans, the different kinds that they had in Cuba, and he learned his kind of the trade. So when he moved to Puerto Rico, um, kind of like as a side note, in 1917, there's an act called the Jones Shafroth Act, which was signed into law to make Puerto Ricans American citizens. So that's how Puerto Rico became part of the United States. And that simplified the immigration uh, of uh, Gregorio to come into the United States and be a citizen. So the only thing that like my kind of my side note to that is that two months later, 20,000 Puerto Ricans were drafted into first world war. So ooh. that was something kind of like, Ooh, that was something I found in, in the research and went, Oh, anyway, so just something to put in your back pocket. And then in 1928, the Bustelos, the Bustelos finally like settled in East Harlem which is also called Spanish Harlem or El Barrio because of the many Spanish-speaking immigrants, uh, you know, many of them from Puerto Rico. And um, that's where how Café Ustele was born. People call it a café born in El Barrio. And um, their story is that they, they got there, don't have a lot of money. They're trying to figure out how they're going to make ends meet with the dream of having this coffee in the United States. And they started to do what they knew best, roasting coffee. They spent their savings on coffee roasters, testing, trying to sell, and they began roasting at home. And I'm thinking, 
probably during that time, they didn't have the regulations that we do now about roasting at home and selling, which is what they did. They lived down the street from a movie theater, and in the evenings, they would sell the coffee to the moviegoers at night, which is interesting because nowadays, we wouldn't have coffee at night, right? But I guess they did then, or... The, I love coffee at night, but then I can't too. sleep. <laughs> exactly, but I still have it. I still have it. So I get it. And then that turned into selling um, to restaurants in the area, and they started to grow. So finally, in like 1931, the Bustelos opened up their own storefront in on Fifth Avenue. And I'm going to tell say where it is, but it means, again, nothing to me, 114th and 113th. Does that make sense to you, Zen? Can you? Uh, you know, I visited, but I don't really know the names. The street, how okay. They, yeah. Then we're on the same boat. Okay. So then um, what was interesting is they joined the other merchants that were Spaniard. He was Spaniard born and then went to Cuba. So apparently this is a kind of a group of Spaniards who were now catering to the growing Latin American population. And they made kind of like a uh, a chapter, like a, probably a uh, you know business kind of chapter of people doing different things for the community and you know the brand in particular is kind of like the caribbean or latin american arriving newly to new york and yearning that taste of home um and i think it you know it it kind of became a community for that reason and then cafe Bustelo was purchased in 2000 by another company rolling coffee roasters and then that was acquired by another Cuban-American family who later sold it to Smuckers, who apparently owns them now. That's as far as I could find. So it's funny that Smuckers, our jellies, are <laughs> are the ones who own Bustelo. Um, and it was funny when I was doing research, Zen, I uh-huh. found that one of the first times Bustelo is mentioned or referenced in kind of in pop culture is when they had, they were in a song from the musical Rent called Day For You. And all the hipsters of the time made it take off because that that was cafe. And they're drinking it in your anthora cup. No. <laughs> it was really my cool finding. I really enjoyed that moment. I was by myself, but I can't tell anybody, but now I'm telling you. So it was really neat. So that was the first time and we didn't plan kind of this overlap. So that was kind of cool. Um, okay, I got a quick question. I don't know if you know the answer. So you're talking oh. Rent the Musical? The Musical, yeah. There's a song called Today for You. I went to go play because I wanted to listen. And it's one of the first things they say. It's something like, Bustelo, Marlboro, and Bananas come as a bunch or something like that. Oh, my God. That's right, awesome. Yeah, so that was kind of cool. A little kind of, you know, pop trivia kind of thing. So that was fun. Then, let's see. So then, you know, our friends, Smuckers, um, are now trying to reach out to millennials and the younger people that are outside the heritage demographic, right? So they're hosting VIP lounges at Coachella and other music festivals to make it kind of cool because this younger generation grew up with Los Abuelos drinking Cafecito Bustelo with, um, you must, I don't know if you know, the guava, guayaba pastelitos. I don't know if you ever have that with your no. being from Chile. So that is a typical thing to eat. So, um, I don't know if I, you, you weren't on the podcast before, but we did one on Chile, Chile, and they have, they have a terrible, or back in the day, they drink Nescafe instant. Yes, they have, they do that in, um, in Spain. I remember 
being there and the big billboards, Ricky Martin and different people like that. Yeah. Nescafe, it's a big deal. Yeah, and they really don't drink fresh brewed coffee, though I understand Starbucks is now getting down there and they're introducing uh, fresh brewed coffee now. But the thing is, before, it's just like every time I went there, it's like Nescafe. I'm like, oh my God, I can't I know. live this way. How do you it, people live this way? <laughs> yep. Isn't it funny? Yeah, that happened to us in Spain. I'm like, how interesting. Yeah. And we'd go to a shop, like a nice coffee place, and that's what they would give us. And like, whoa. <laughs> well, even if, but in Chile, Chile, I think it's funny because the thing is that, you know, so much great coffee is grown in South America. So like, even if it isn't grown in Chile, it's just like, all it's like next door neighbors, all your next door neighbors have yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Like, Brazil's yeah. right there. I'm not sure in Spain they have coffee growing regions anywhere nearby. Maybe Ethiopia, those areas, but still. In Africa. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so. I'm sorry, anyway, I digress. No, that's fine. That is um, that is interesting. The Nescafe, you're absolutely right. Um, let me think. I know what I was going to mention. The other time I found Cafe Ucelo was um, in a bodega, but I loved In the Heights, the the musical of Lin Manuel Miranda and that um, Usnavi, the, the young man who sings. He works at a bodega, and Cafe Ucelo is all over it. It's really cool to see the the product placement. I really enjoyed that. Um, but then you can like search on the internet. You can find murals, art on bet on Etsy. I think it's just fun because the the and I'm going to go on the marketing side. The advertising and marketing is fun because it's only five basic colors. It's yellow, red, blue, white, and black. And those are the five colors they use for everything. So it's vibrant. It's it's fun. It's playful. You have men playing dominoes. You know, a coffee cup with empanadas, eating, um, people dancing. So it's um, it's fun, and I think the reason I selected this as a cultural curiosity is because Busilo became a story of the Spanish-speaking immigrants who came together from different countries to build a Latino community, the first Latino community in New York, and that community helped grow its business and. It felt like inclusion, belonging, being part of something and kind of helping. So I like that, you know, bringing us together to enjoy a good cup of coffee is is great. Um, I make mine with Bustelo. It's oh. as Americano. I, use, I have it every day. It's I'm a fan. Um, and I use an old style espresso coffee pot. The ones that are like, they're kind of... Um, what is it called? Uh, oh, a sand. Oh, God. I can't think of the word. You know, the minute those sand cl clang clocks that you. Okay, never mind. Wait. You could edit that. Are you. Are, <laughs> wait, I don't know what wait. it's called. Are you talking like a, like a stovetop? Yes. The, 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 I can't think of that. Oh, yeah, anyway. what are those called? Yeah. Oh, it's going to drive me crazy. Italian. The Italian. Yeah. Like the Bialetti. The Bialetti uh, mocha oh, pots. Yeah, those are probably the fancy ones I use. The, the, yeah, but yes. Um, and, and or. I've used a French press to get that. And it's a very strong coffee. So you can have it in those tiny, tiny cups. Mm -hmm. Or I'll use a couple of those shots and brew it in in like a regular coffee. I do all kinds of different things. But then you take some sugar, the Cuban style kind, is you take sugar and you froth it up with a mini whisk. Right. I got my whisk from Ikea for like $5. <laughs> it's battery operated. And it ends up with a really, you know, foamy um, creaminess on top. Like, uh, like who could resist? I say it's cafecito con chisme and friends. Uh, because that's like, you know, that's fun. And, but I think the most, the most 
part of this that I enjoyed, the best part, was the fact that we had the overlap of Rent Musical with a coffee cup and Thora and Bustelo. That was a really cool kind of um, serendipitous moment. Sure and then was. that's it. Go have fun. Drink Cafe Bustelo. Awesome. Now that they can sponsor us too, either one will be fine. Yes, that's true. Starbucks, Cafe Bustelo, whatever. Send us coffee <laughs> mugs from MoMA. Yes, that would be fun. I'm still and then waiting. We can drink it. You are okay. I'll I'll go nudge. Let's <laughs> see. I learned stuff this time. Not that I don't all the time, but you know, it's yeah. good. Well, that's the. Well, you yeah. know, next time we'll have to find things that are outside of the United States. But this, I know this was one of those things. It's just like, oh my god, this is the weirdest thing. Because I was watching Men in Black with my daughter for the first time. I mean, I've seen it, but she has. Yeah, but she like, has it right. Yeah, so it was like, hey. Those cups, and I looked it up. It's like, okay, this is amazing. So, ah, cool. I like that. Now she's learning, and now you can make have her listen to this and learn more. Yep. Anyway, well, I guess that's it for our cultural curiosities in our podcast. Um, thanks for tuning in again. Do you want some more? Check us out on our Facebook page or Instagram social media pages. Um, you can find photos of our adventures around the world, interesting articles, and some other fun things. Last of all, before we leave, we want to give a big thank you to our sponsor, the University of California, Irvine, Division of Continuing Education, which offers only the best continuing professional education. If you need a career boost or looking for a new profession, check them out at ce.uci.edu. And thanks again for tuning in. Bye, Bye. everyone. Cafecito time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>